from the Credit Union National Association. This is the CUNA News Podcast. Credit Union people. Credit Union ideas. Welcome to the CUNA News Podcast. I'm Assistant Editor Brock Fritz, and this week's episode will cover conversations that Deputy Editor Bill Merrick and I had during our recent trip to the 2022 CUNA Marketing and Business Development Council Conference. The event, which was held March 9th through 12th in Los Angeles, gave credit union marketing and business development professionals an opportunity to gather in person for the first time since 2019. They took advantage reigniting relationships while discussing the state of the industry, technological advancements, and how to attract members and stay relevant. Enthusiasm shined through in those conversations, which you can hear in the voice of Nakia Ravilak, Director of Consumer Insights for Netflix. Ravilak, the opening keynoter, left an impression by digging into leadership and how transformational leaders get the best out of a workplace by checking their ego at the door. theme was egoless leadership. Why don't you just walk us through what that means to you? Well, for me, egoless leadership is ultimately about uh, being obsessed with uh, people and nurturing their careers and their development and recognizing that that is an incredibly rich input into profits. And finally, I think that there are a number of things that people could be doing to really embrace the fact that Egoless leadership is transformational, and egoful leadership is dysfunctional. And with developing that, how much can someone change as a leader, I guess? I know you probably have in your time, but how, how does one go about that, and is it possible? That's an excellent question. I mean, I like to think about uh, behavior change as leaders, similarly to behavior changes human beings. I think when we enter relationships, for example, sometimes we bring bad habits and it could be really detrimental to the relationship unless someone says, wait, I've got to change. So first it takes a little bit of awareness, but I think something that's really critical is like the willingness and the desire. And so if we just use that analogy a little bit more in a relationship, if somebody's coming to that with baggage with a a kind of toxicity and someone says it's not working one of two things can happen that person might say well you take it or leave it this is how I am I'm not changing or someone could say actually thank you for letting me know it's not my intention to hurt you I'm going to try and figure out how I can be better. And the same thing holds with leadership I, I think there are people who even when made aware are like you got me this far you know, I, I've, I've been successful. I'm a general manager or a vice president and there's nothing I need to do differently. And then there are others who are like, I had no idea. It's not my intention in this world to be a leader who hurts others. And then the journey begins as long as there's willingness. So with that journey, it's different for everyone, I'm sure. But what do you tell people, like people that are leaving today, what do you hope they go back and do or what are kind of the first steps you think someone can do to help progress as a leader well i think this might sound like a very spiritual concept but at the end of the day it's really important that people recognize that uh, you should treat others the way you want to be treated and uh, if people can really just 
remember the pain that they may have felt when there was a transgression or someone in their lives or at work made them feel less than, small or not valued, then that's the starting point because you don't want to make someone feel the way that you may have felt at that point. And so anybody listening should recognize that that's the journey, that's the point, to be able to leave people feeling valued, leave people feeling seen, and also recognizing, too, that it, it's not that much of a stretch, right? I mean, it's not like you're asking people to move from accounting to neuroscience. It's not a technical change. It doesn't require that you go back to school to learn new skills. It's simply about being more human. And if that is an awareness that people can have, that it's so easy to just be a little bit nicer, and the results of that are just astounding because you have people feeling better, they want to work a little bit more, they might spend a little bit of extra time on a problem, they might be more willing to do a favor for you when you're in a pinch. If they could see that link, then it's not that hard a stretch to make to become much more of an empathetic, egoless leader. So all the unprecedented times, the, everything that's going on, do you see that as pushing forward this kind of conversation? Brock, that's a really good question. I mean, I think that it is pushing forward the conversation in certain spaces more quickly than in others. And that's a good thing because I think any progress is good progress. But one of the things that I think has been sadly a benefit of this pandemic is that we got to see into each other's lives through the screen. So what may have been hierarchy in offices, because some people have the big corner office and others have cubicles, what may have been hierarchy, because you can see that certain conversations are closed doors and closed to you, all of those things kind of dissipated when we saw each other in each other's living rooms and bedrooms with Lego toys on the floor and cats in view and dogs barking in the background. And that, if anything, created a level of humanity that didn't exist before when all we saw was each other in offices. And I think that's been something somewhat beautiful. It has not led to dramatic amounts of progress, but I do think the conversation has started because It's almost like created a little bit more of an end to that first thing that I talked about, which is a little bit of the self-awareness and empathy and curiosity. And I think that progress is a beautiful thing. Google key account executive Sam Maul left listeners with plenty to think about, covering how the world has entered the fourth industrial revolution and how credit unions can compete with tech-savvy competitors by building everything around members. Sam Mall, you're a mentor and thought leader at Google. Can you tell me about uh, some of the stuff you do at Google? Sure, so um, I joined Google about a year ago. Um, I work on the Google Cloud team. So I'm focused on the payments and financial services space. So helping companies transition, if you will, into a, a hybrid cloud environment. It's a lot of fun, a lot of work to do. And you mentioned some studies on Google search terms and Can you tell me a little bit what these results tell you about consumer behavior and uh, the possible implications for credit unions? Sure. I mean, um, we've come through 
you know, a once in a lifetime event, which with COVID, which seems to be now we're doing that about every five years, you know, um, it's amazing how quickly these black swan events uh, seem to be coming. So especially coming out of 2021, Google does a fantastic job of publishing data sets and analyzing the information that we sit on. So search terms is something that I shared with the team, kind of a, a summary overview of what we saw coming out of 2021, which again was a, a heck of a year that we dealt with globally and in the U.S., this shift in mindset to the adoption of digital products. We saw something in one year, which normally would have took 10 to 15 years, has now taken place across industries, and credit unions especially need to look at this. The behaviors of their members, the demands and needs of their behaviors have shifted greatly, and a lot of these need to be addressed in a digital format. What new technologies are coming up that you think will have the, the biggest impact on financial services in the future? Um, that's a great question. Um, one of them's been coming up since the 1950s, <laughs> that's, which always makes me smile, right? It's, it's been happening, and that's artificial intelligence. Um, you know, this is a, a sector of technology which, and I think during the presentation I talked about this, it's the, those Russian dolls, right? A doll within a doll within a doll, because AI constitutes machine learning and deep learning and so many other areas. It's an area, though, that we're seeing incredible achievement and improvement on. A lot has to do with compute power, and the cloud has definitely driven that. It's the volume of data we're able to collect and analyze. So I think, as of right now, artificial intelligence is having one of the largest impacts to just about every sector that's out there. And it's exciting to see. It's, it's basically, think of it like Iron Man. I always talk about this. It's not necessarily replacing the human. It's making the human a heck of a lot more empowered in the decisions they can make and how you, you interact with your members. And if attendees could take away one thing from your presentation, what would it be? I think it's, um, believe it or not, it has nothing to do with technology. It, it has to do with knowing who you are, knowing what your members need are. We, we did an exercise here around marshmallows. That's a whole other story. But the whole focus was around build around the member, build around the customer, build around their needs. We talked about jobs to be done. Their needs have changed. And digital has impacted that. And the industry itself needs to be customer-centric, build around the customer, don't build around products built around their needs, understand what they're trying to get accomplished, and meet those needs in the best way you can, because you know your community better than anyone. Anything else you'd like to add? I'm constantly a cheerleader for credit unions, want to see them do well. I've talked about that. They play a vital role along with community banks in the U.S. financial services ecosystem. So we all need to step up. And I think credit unions have been doing a good job of that. Need to stay focused. Really do. And I'm pulling for you. Bill caught up with two people at the Give Back event, during which attendees filled backpacks with art supplies for a Los Angeles nonprofit that empowers youth through arts programs. Create Now CEO Brandon Johnson spoke about the mission of the nonprofit, while Southern Illinois Credit Union Vice President of Business Development Kim Babington shared why community service is important to the credit union movement. Brandon, can you tell me a bit about Create Now and what you do? So yeah, uh, Create Now is an art nonprofit located here in Los Angeles. Uh, what we do is empower at-risk youth through the arts, starting from ages three all the way up to 24. And when I say the arts, I mean all of the arts. Culinary arts, fine arts, graphic design, painting, singing, dancing, any type of art class that we can give to these kids at risk, then we will give it to them. So what are you doing today at the conference? 
Ooh, so we came out here to pack some bags for our kids. Uh, we have a lot of different art supplies, uh, pencils, rulers, going in bags, about 200 bags that will be going out to shelters out here for our youth to use. And you were talking earlier about the kind of the, the power of art and how it helps young people who are sometimes in difficult circumstances. Can you tell us a little more about that? Yeah, I'll speak for experience for myself. I have a huge art background myself. I used to work in animation out here with a lot of different studios, Warner Brothers, Fox, Disney. And growing up for myself, I struggled with the arts because it wasn't around and people didn't understand it. But there's a huge area there for work. And these kids, they might have a passion to go in that area, but no one's there to teach them. So it's really cool for Create Now to go out and teach these kids like, hey, you can potentially work as a dancer for Beyonce or whoever, and just letting them understand that early and being that backbone for them for the future. Is there anything else you'd like to add? I'm just excited to be here. I'm excited to share my story, and I hope a lot of people uh, get encouraged. And if not through Create Now, people just give back because there's a lot of people out there that just need, you know, help. What are you doing here at the Give Back event at the Marketing and Business Development Council Conference? Today, we're here to give back to the communities. That's what credit unions are about, is people helping people. And the majority of my job is giving back to the communities in our area. So even though I'm in Los Angeles, I am so happy to give back to the organizations here that need our assistance. That's great. What are some things that you do to help your members and, and your community in Illinois? We do a lot of financial education for our members. I hold seminars. I teach financial literacy in the classrooms all the way from grade school to college. We do for our members in seminars at our locations. But our employees are all about volunteering. And we volunteer on a consistent basis. We've went with uh, Special Olympics and other companies in our area that need our assistance. So last weekend I was counting money at the Polar Plunge and then when I get back next week I'll be counting money at another Polar Plunge for Special Olympics. And our employees enjoy it. They enjoy being out in the community and helping. We also do give away a annual volunteer person. They get a gift card at the end of the year. So we kind of keep track on people that want to volunteer, you know, it's an as-is basis, so, you know, we don't force anybody to do it. But I would say that over 80% of our employees at the credit union volunteer on a consistent basis. Wow, that's amazing. I'm sure your members love you for that. Yes, they do. We get a lot of good press, and we get a lot of good feedback on our Facebook page and our websites. And if you go to our credit union, you will look at the things that we do because we like to publish that. We like to show the community what we're doing. We're kind of the person that anyone calls when they need volunteers. And to me, that's a great place to be. On the final day, University Credit Union President and CEO, David Tuyo, discussed the digital dilemma and how artificial intelligence, robotic process automation, and machine learning can foster high-level member service. Let's just start with the title, Digital Dilemma. What does that mean to you, and what, what's the overarching purpose behind that? So the Digital Dilemma is really about how do we transform and, and operate the same way that we were masters of financial services and service, 
and take that same people helping people mentality and let that translate to the digital platform, the digital world, metaverse, the omniverse, whatever you want to say. And that's really what we're talking about today with the digital dilemma. Sure. And how does technology and enhancing this help the member and help that service? I think, you know, in today's world, you know, Google talks about the six seconds to capture somebody's mind. And we know how fast things move and attention spans have shrunk so much. I think from from this regard, you really have to think about speed and quality of service. And how do we expedite that as much as we can and meet the member where they're at? And sometimes a member has, you know, a reason to stop by the branch. Sometimes there's a conveniency of the branch, but sometimes there's not. And so to operate in a 365, 24-7 world where we're always on, we have to find a way to leverage digital tools in a way that is very credit union, right? Where we we care about the person. We we talk about the human, the entire person, not just one facet or a product or an account. And um, that's where the magic of this all happens. Sure. And you want to just give a quick overview of what you are doing in the AI space and the different technology space? Yeah, we're leveraging, you know, obviously artificial intelligence, machine learning, robotic process automation, and those are a lot of buzzwords. <laughs> and so we're actually also playing around with how do we serve in the metaverse? How do we participate in the metaverse? How can we partner with others in the omniverse? And as we do that, we're finding out that, you know, there's already real estate transactions happening in the metaverse. And here we are today, and we're talking about cutting edge technology around AI bots, both intelligent virtual assistants on the web or maybe in the contact center. But I think that we need to obviously move through this cycle very, very quickly if we want to lead and beat the competition, ultimately win for our member owners in the future uh, to get into things like we're talking about now. We're talking about virtual and augmented reality, the metaverse and the omniverse. Obviously, I'm sure the space has changed a ton since you've been involved. And how do you kind of stay aware of that stuff? And is there any specific ways that you keep in the loop, I guess? Yeah, I mean, you want to talk about how much things have changed. I started my career at Edward Jones Investments, and uh, the way that you build your business with them at that time was door-to-door sales. So I was knocking on doors of local businesses, of local residences when that, that didn't have laws against that, and that's how I built my book of business there. Well, now it's a whole different world, right? And But at the same time, the building blocks of how people make decisions are still the same. And so how do we take this technology, how do we take the automation tools and then apply that to today's world? It's changed dramatically. It's going to continue to change dramatically. And probably one of my favorite quotes is from Jack Welch, the iconic leader from GE. He once said that the rate of change inside your organization has to be faster than the rate of change outside your organization. Otherwise, you're going to end up in the death spiral. That's not an exact quote, but it's pretty close. Yep. And you get my point that we want to make sure that we're applying that same methodology at University Credit Union. And I think most credit unions want to do that as well because we want to win. We want to win for our member owners. We want to win for our communities. And uh, that's what it's going to take to do it. And then you mentioned it in your talk here, but um, how employees react. And you talked about the moving to automated and the idea that takes away people's jobs. But why don't you just say what you have found in that space? You know, over the last four and a half years, we grew from just under 500 million to nearly 1.1 billion in assets. We started down this process with 57 employees. We've more than doubled that today. So I think that it allows you to scale more efficiently. And that's the message you gotta get across is that no one's job's at risk, but now instead of adding 12 people to add 
$200 million. Now we're going to be able to do it with six people, right? So you can scale more efficiently. That increases your profitability, which then allows you to scale even faster. And so because, of course, we need the income to support our net worth, that allows us to have that lovely ratio with our regulators. And so that, you know, it's important. And so I know that uh, it's not about profit, but it is about trying to scale efficiently so you can grow even faster and then do more investments in R&D to better serve your member owners in the long term. It's a complicated piece, but um, I think hopefully everybody gets what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's um, employees. How about for members? Was there a lot of teaching in the stuff that you've implemented so far? So I think for us, because we started with the chatbot on the website a couple of years ago, it was already kind of ubiquitous. And you think about any place you go from a, a retail perspective, you know, Amazon, heck, even you go to your healthcare website, everybody's got a bot now. Even in government websites have bots, you know, if you go to one of them, a .gov. And so I think people are used to using it. And then where it became different is as we applied those same tools in other parts of our business and different member touch points, that's where it started to change the equation. Our members adopted it very well. There's still some, sure, there is a very small segment that prefer to have a physical or human touch point at the end. We're here for them. We're going to continue to serve them. This is, again, just another alternative for us to scale a little bit faster. But the members with uh, our bots right now across all ecosystems are 98.98% accurate. When you have that kind of accuracy level, that beats all the banks. And so when, when members are making choices and, and about who to use and, and who to move business to, with that kind of accuracy rate, they can trust us and then we're reliable and they're going to move their business to us. Royce Neum and Mia Perez were engaging tour guides throughout the conference. The MCs discussed their excitement about reconnecting with their credit union colleagues, their highlights from the event, their belief in the CUNA councils, and the main topics of conference conversations. Uh, this is your first year as, as MCs. How's that going? We're having a lot of fun. We're really having a lot of fun. We're honored and grateful for the opportunity. This is our first gig on stage together, so nothing is really scripted. It's kind of in line with what we do on our own podcast, The Leadership Experiment with Royce and Mia, the bantering. and So it's kind of what we're doing on stage, so we're having a lot of fun. How's it been for you, Royce? Well, Bill, first off, thanks for taking the time to hang out with us here backstage and do this. I uh, always love working with you and love reading your articles, so, so thank you. It, it's, it's a blast. Me, I just nailed it. We're, we're having so much fun. Uh, I think all week I've been saying, I don't know how much fun the audience is, but we're loving it. What have been some highlights from the conference for, for both of you? Some of the highlights for me from the conference, of course, you know, we're busy behind the scenes and that's a different take of the experience. But I'll tell you, being able to see some old friends, seeing people that are really just invigorated and excited to be back and not just to be back around their friends and to be around humans again after the last few years, but the eagerness to really absorb new, fresh content and boy, did this council put on an amazing event. It's really been impressive, and people are talking about what they're learning. And so that's been exciting to see. How about you, Royce? Yeah, thanks. The most exciting thing for me, honestly, is I I wear a couple of hats, and one of them is uh, we're we're the co-chairs with Amy McGraw of this conference, and we have an amazing conference committee. And we've been working on this for nine months, bringing this thing to life. And so the most exciting thing for me is watching the committee as they start to see their show start to take place, as they can see the excitement from the crowds, as they're experiencing all the things that we've been talking about and planning. It's coming to fruition. And and, uh, as a creator to see that come to life and to experience their excitement as they get to see the fruits of their labor. Yeah, it must be a ton of work putting this on. 
you know, there are a lot of opportunities for people to take advantage of when it comes to conferences and training. And there are huge shows and huge events that are very successful and equally as good. But I will say, this boutique approach, and I call it that because you have friends among friends here, and there's something to be said about being able to not only learn the content from the subject matter experts, but also rub shoulders with people who are going through the exact same things as you in your own shop. There is some extreme value to that being at this event. Other events, you're going to learn things, but you may not necessarily be sitting next to someone who is in your role. So that networking and the solutions you're going to get from those people, that's worth the price of admission. Yeah, definitely. Mia's absolutely right. I mean, we've been doing this long enough that we know people that are coming in at some entry level or beginning careers, and now they're, they're executives, they're CMOs, they're VPs, and it goes further than that where for this particular conference, I lost track of the number of CEOs that came back to support us. We had some on stage, they welcomed us in, they're doing sessions, and their roots are in this particular conference, and we just love the support that they keep giving back to us. What conversations are you having during the conference? What topics are you talking with most about with your peers? Well, aside from what's been going on with you for the last two years when we haven't been able to connect in person there's been so much of that um, and also with the with the sponsors here a lot of that conversation and just just talking about the well-being of their business well-being of their shops and also the well-being of themselves I mean we're talking to friends and we're asking about how are you doing just in the struggles and the challenges in the day-to-day work that we were facing even before we recently went through two years you know of being sequestered and so there's a lot of that just the struggle to maintain creativity and new and fresh ideas amongst so much noise and competition, layering on top of all the personal challenges that real people are dealing with. And so there's been a lot of that talk, but people are excited and they're very encouraging. And so that's really been fantastic to see. How about you, Royce? The conversations are just all around the fact that we're still all humans and we've all gone through some some amazing times together and and the most exciting piece is not just the global pandemic now now we've got uh, a war in ukraine and and we've had you know atrocities here but but that we are that we're still here and that we're talking about it and we're survivors and and now how do we reset because things are not going back to normal there's no putting the genie back in the bottle you know pandora's box is open so how do we rebuild it now? Because we're not going to get stuck in the past. We're not going to let those things hold us down. How do we show up moving forward? And those are the conversations. And, you know, it's not for, for uh, any, any one of us to know, but the collective IQ, brain power, creativity, and passion of us as humans, that's what's going to push us forward. And so just that, the re-energizing, I think Mia said that. I love that word. Just, just, just rejuvenated hearing the passion out there and the fact that we all want to move forward. Anything else you'd like to add? I'll just say what's interesting as marketers and business developing folks, we typically look in the rearview mirror to project what's coming in the future, right? So we are some of the work that we do is seasonal, cyclical, but the data is all over the place, right? We can't look back at what we've been doing for the last two years and say we're going to project that this is uh, what we need in deposits and this is what these are the types of campaigns and strategies we need to develop because this is the bottom line and this is these are what the financials look like. Those things are so blown up that we're really approaching a new way of doing work and a new way of strategizing the future. And so that has been the conversation and it's an interesting one. Thanks for listening to the CUNA News Podcast. 
Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher Radio. 